On today's show, a promising Carolina Hurricanes prospect you've probably never heard of, and a crossover Blue Jackets episode with host Jay Forster, all coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I bring you everything prospects related five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And I've got a good one for you today. First and foremost, I'll be uh, talking about a Carolina Hurricanes prospect you've probably never heard of, who's currently tearing the KHL apart as a 21-year-old. Uh, then I've got a special crossover episode with our Locked On Blue Jackets host, Jay Forster, who's going to come on to discuss the Columbus Blue Jackets' great range of rookies. But before I get into any of that, just remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. It's always much appreciated. And show us your love by making us your first listen of the day on your favorite podcasting platforms. So... To begin this show, I wanted to break down a prospect that has caught my eye recently. I caught a couple of KHL games just watching a couple other guys, and his name came up, especially as I was looking at stat sheets and realized how insanely good his production is this season. He's the third-round pick, 69th overall uh, in 2020 of the Carolina Hurricanes, and that's Alexander Nikishin. So Nikishin is 21 years old. He's six foot four, 216 pounds. He's a defenseman for the uh, team SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL, uh, Russia's top level of pro hockey. And he's got six goals, 20 assists for 26 points in 35 games played. That puts him on pace for 49 points in a full 67 game season in the KHL. Now, first and foremost, he's playing the most minutes on SKA, a very, very strong team. He's playing 22 minutes and 16 seconds on average a game, uh, and it's well-deserved. First and foremost, he is fourth among all of SKA's skaters and scoring behind three forwards only. Um, he's a top-scoring D-man on the team by six whole points. Um so he's not getting carried by his D partner, Igor Ozhiganov. If you recognize the name, it's because Ozhiganov played uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs in 2018-2019. So he has some NHL experience. Uh, and it's mainly been Nikishin carrying that pairing. So that's very impressive for, again, a player who is 21 years old and actually only turned 21 uh, in October. So he's very young in age. Again, a 2020 draftee. Um, if you go further though, and, and this is where it gets really impressive for me, if you just sort of dig deeper and look at, uh, sort of historical production for a player of his age. So he's ahead of all under 23 forwards in points this season. He's, he just turned 21, known below the age of 23. So that includes 22 year olds has more points than him forwards included. He's, uh, three whole points ahead of a player I've mentioned on this podcast before in Dmitry Ryshevsky, uh, who's 22 this season. Uh, he's got more points than him, and he's a defenseman, and he's 21, and he's 6'4", 216 pounds. I honestly don't understand this prospect much, um, but it'll be interesting for me to sort of delve into it and sort of look in, you know, further into the production and see how it is. But a bit more details, a bit more sort of context um, in terms of production. Um, so beyond this season, the last time an under-23 defenseman scored more points per game in the KHL than Nikishin has this season was Victor Hedman. 
he had 0.85 points per game. Nikishin right now is at 0.76. Um, and no one in between has been able to put up that kind of production. He is Hedman is the only defenseman um, above Nikishin in points per game, you know, above five games played. There are players who played a game or two and scored a point or two in those games. So they're about a point per game, but we don't count those. It's a very small sample size. I'm talking players who have played more than five games who were under 23 as defensemen in the KHL. Um, Nikishin is only behind Victor Hedman. And Hedman was 22 in that season and Nikishin just turned 21 again. So he holds the highest point per game pace of, a, of any defenseman in KHL history who was 21 years old or under. Um, if you include forwards in that under 21 sort of cutoff, he's still top 20 in production, which is extremely impressive. So now I want to get into why that's happening, you know, why he's able to put up that many points. Um, so first, his size helps him a lot. At 6'4", 216, he's easily able to fend off uh, forwards, uh, you know, that are that are chasing him down on, on breakouts, you know, putting pressure on his back. He's able to fend him off pretty easily and find the space required uh, to fire a pass into uh, a teammate's path uh, for them to carry it into the offensive zone and create chances. That's, you know, one of many factors that lead into the second. Nikishin is playing top minutes on a top team. That is going to affect his production. It shouldn't affect it this much. This is extremely impressive, but it, it does help to have the firepower that he has surrounding him. He also has pretty good speed and, and edges for his size. It's not ideal. There are some you know, tweaks in his skating stride. Uh, his knees don't bend as much as they could, that kind of thing. But he's got a very powerful stride and, and he carries himself pretty well for a guy of, of his size. So that's also something that helps him a lot in terms of, you know, getting to the offensive zone and creating chances. On top of that, he's a great playmaker. He finds seams in the offensive zone really well. Uh, he's able to look off his passes to misdirect opponents. He's able to draw them in and play passes behind him. So his playmaking's pretty decent as well. Um, on top of that, he's got a heavy shot and that creates a lot of rebounds, even though he's got below two shots per game on goal. Uh, he's got 67 shots on goal in 35 games in the KHL this season. He's still using a shot pretty efficiently and at the right times in order to create rebounds and, and help his team create offense. Um, if you look further into his production, none of his goals came on the power play. So if you look further at his production, his, his, you know, main asset on the power play because he has been playing on the man advantage. Uh, just has been sharing ice time with other defensemen on the team. Uh, but his main asset on the man advantage is actually his playmaking. So the way he actually got most of his goals is by being very active in the offensive zone. So one thing he loves to do is off the puck, he's going to wait for the, the right moment and he's going to sneak behind uh, opposing players, sneak behind their backs and, and make a run for the back post. And he'll score a tap in that way. Um, just by sort of sneaking around forwards and, and making his way to the net. Uh, he loves to drive the net as a defenseman, which is very fun to see when you got a 6'4", 200-plus-pound defenseman who's just, you know, often barreling down on the net. It's just very entertaining to see for SKA this season. So that helps him create, uh, you know, some offense as well. Uh, he's very he's very elusive. He's very smart in the offensive zone. I don't think he's the most intelligent defender uh, or or neutral zone, you know, funnel type defenseman like a TJ Brody or a, a Caden Gooley. You know, those kinds of guys that are really intelligent in the neutral zone defensive zone. He's more sort of you see his smarts shine more in the offensive zone. But his defensive play is still very punishing. And that actually helps him create offense because, you know, big hits, neutral zone step-ups, all that stuff, it creates a lot of loose pucks. 
and his teammates know how to capitalize on that, and he knows how to capitalize on that as well. He's able to catch those loose pucks and play them quickly with a short pass to a teammate who's going to skate the puck into the offensive zone and create chances. Now, he's got a lot of secondary assists that way, uh, which can sort of muddle the stats a bit because primary assists are a lot more valuable in hockey than secondary assists, but um, his production has been incredibly impressive. It's been really great to see, um, you know, a, a prospect this big move this well, you know, create chances this well, um, and dominate his age group in the KHL. Now, uh, do I think he's an elite prospect? I don't really think so. You know, for me, he's kind of in in the in the middle pairing range. I could see him definitely reach a middle pair, but I don't see him as a sort of top pairing defenseman just based on this production. He would need to put this up a lot longer and have a longer track record of production in order for me to be safe, sort of projecting him higher. And the skill set itself doesn't really scream top air defender either. Um, again, not the smartest in the defensive zone, not the smartest in the neutral zone, just really intelligent offensively and, um, you know, very physical, very brutish, uh, which is always fun, but I think he'd be more suited for a middle player at the NHL level in the future. I think that's his upside. Um, so that's about it for Alexander Nikishin and uh, this first segment of the show. Now we're going to go into my discussion with Jay Forster about the Columbus Blue Jackets' various prospects right after these messages. First off, I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. If you got that many people on board, you're definitely doing something right. Simply Safe's priority is your safety. They protect you using cutting-edge security tech powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who've always got your back. I love what Simply Safe has to offer. From crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras to full control of your system from your phone with their app and smarter ways to detect real break-ins so you aren't pestered with uh, false alarms while you're going about your workday. Uh, they've got sensors for everything from burglaries to fires to floods and other threats to your home. They've really got you covered. You can customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so here at Locked On NHL Prospects, we like to have some guests on who can uh, sort of give us a bit more thoughts about their, their their NHL teams, ones that they follow. And I've got pretty much the best you can have. I've got our uh, Locked On Blue Jackets uh, host here, uh, Jay Forster. Say hi to the people, Jay. Hey, how's it going, people? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So uh, let's get right into it. So uh, first, you follow the Blue Jackets pretty closely as the host of uh, Locked On Blue Jackets. I just wanted to have you on because the Blue Jackets have a lot of young prospects uh, playing in the NHL right now and in their system in the AHL. Uh, so I wanted to go over a couple guys here and and just have your thoughts on them. So first and foremost, uh, Kent Johnson right now has nine points in 16 games, four goals and five assists. Um I really like this prospect. I think he's got a lot of, of potential. But how has he been doing so far this year, and what do you expect of him moving forward? Yeah, I have been so impressed with with Ken Johnson. Um, I think there was definitely kind of some kind of tempering of expectations. He had a really good um, preseason, and he went to Traverse City, which is the uh, Blue Jackets. Uh, kind of rookie tournament that they do with uh, the Maple Leafs, the Dallas Stars, the Red Wings, and the Blues, I believe, is the, the last team. Uh, and he had, I think, four goals in three games or something. Um, he was he was really good there. 
Uh, and so it was tough to kind of go into the season and not be like, Kent Johnson's winning the Calder. Like, this is <laughs> um, because I don't think that was ever going to happen. This is a really strong crop of rookies this season. Um, obviously, you know, his his uh, University of Michigan teammates, Maybaneers, Owen Power, uh, leading the way. There's a, couple, a bunch of other strong guys um, in that respect. So I don't necessarily think that KJ is uh, going to win the Calder. But he has done basically everything that this team has asked of him. And more, and you talk about you know nine points in sixteen games, which doesn't seem super impressive on paper, but he has been doing that with you know eleven, twelve minutes of of ice time. You know, um, he's been playing with. Don't don't hate on me, uh, Blue Jackets fans that are listening to this. He's been playing with subpar line mates uh, for the most part, um, and in spite of all that, he's he's succeeding. Um, I mean, look at. Uh, so we're recording this uh, Friday, November 25th. Uh, he's playing tonight. Uh, he'll be playing with uh, Jack Rosovic in center and Trafix Polanski on the left wing. Now, in fairness, I'm a huge Trafix Polanski fan. However, this doesn't feel like the best place for um, Ken Johnson to succeed. And, you know, we, Hattie and I have talked about this on uh, Locked on Blue Jackets as well, about sometimes a player needs to be put with good line mates to succeed. He's been put... He, has been logging some minutes with Johnny Gaudreau, specifically uh, mostly Gaudreau and Jenna um, in situations where the Blue Jackets need a goal or, you know, they, they need a couple of goals, then that's kind of their, their I don't think it's necessarily their nuclear um, option, but every time that those three guys get put together, good things happen. Um, mm -hmm. Ken Johnson scored his, I believe, his first power play goal uh, the other night against Florida, and, you know, he was on the ice with Jenna and Gaudreau, and specifically Gaudreau, he's had really, really good chemistry with. Yeah. Um, I've, I've liked, every, every time Ken Johnson is on the ice, I think good things are happening. Um, he's one of, this is, it's kind of a weird stat to look at, but I was looking at, um, well, it's not a weird stat to look at, but I was looking at possession numbers for the Blue Jackets, and if you take all of the injured players out um, of the, the healthy Blue Jackets right now, there's only two players that are above 50% in Corsi 4 percentage, and that's Johnny Gaudreau and Ken Johnson. Yep. So, you know, even even though he's getting told, that he, you know, we need to be patient with him and he needs to work on his game away from the puck and he can't just be all offense, he's doing things right at basically every every level and the underlying numbers are supporting that as well, which is not necessarily something that happens with... Um, Mm -hmm. When a player is kind of as as flashy, I think, as Kent Johnson, I think there's kind of a, or I would assume anyway, that the underlying numbers are not very good or need need work. I think, you know, Patrick Laine gets that kind of stigma as well of, well, he's just a goal scorer. He he can't back check. He can't play defense. Um, Patrick Laine is actually leading the Blue Jackets in course four percentage. Right now he's out injured, but that's just a little a little aside. Um, but for the most part, to kind of round up my... Uh, my very long-winded thoughts on on Ken Johnson. Um, I I'm thrilled with him. I think he's got some work to do. Um, mm -hmm. I think he needs to work on his skating uh, specifically, but he keeps rising to the challenge. Um, whether that challenge is playing on the top line and having to try and shut down other elite players, or whether it's playing nine minutes a night and you know sitting on the bench getting cold, he's he's rising to the occasion every single opportunity that's given to him. Absolutely. And one of the most impressive things for me is just how far along he's gone defensively. He went from a sort of pretty much zero impact defensive player in his draft year to actually doing a couple things right defensively, uh, you know, getting in on the, on the back check, uh, reading uh, opponents' intentions really well, getting in the, in the way of uh, passes or shots. 
Um, just overall, he's, he's sort of polished his game a lot since he's got, gotten drafted, and that's the main thing that's impressed me the most with Ken Johnson. Um, speaking of players who've impressed me, uh, Yegor Chinakov, who was pretty much a nobody in this draft. I don't think anyone expected him to be a first-round pick, uh, but the Blue Jackets ended up picking him up in, in the later first, and um, he's got 10 points in 18 games right now. Uh, I believe he is uh, third on the uh, Blue Jackets right now in points for uh, for a team that's been struggling. But still, I mean, I'll, I'll let you take it away on, on Yegor Chinikov and just give me his, your thoughts on him. Um, but I've been impressed so far. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge Chinikov fan. Um, it, it does always make me laugh when I think about. So we would we did uh, like live shows for the draft the past couple of years. And uh, I was, you know, getting ready to to say my piece on whoever the Blue Jackets drafted. Uh, I was pretty sure that they were going to draft Hendrix Lapierre. So mm-hmm. I did a bunch of research on him and was ready to, you know, go for six or seven minutes about this kid. And then the Blue Jackets drafted Igor Chinikov. And I was like, who? <laughs> and, you know, when I'm not necessarily up on prospects, but when the guys that are actually, you know, it's their job for, to do prospect coverage for you know espn or sports or whatever when they also don't know who this kid is like i think the blue jackets were the only team that had him on their radar mm-hmm. um and then you know he was he was he was drafted as an overager um so he was he was drafted in his, his d plus one year um went undrafted the first the first attempt and then somehow uh went in the first round the the second go around the in the draft um but he has been a guy that it's very similar to ken johnson i think he has been a guy that has done everything that this team has asked of him. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be as big of an impact player mm-hmm. as Johnson is, but he is definitely a guy that can hang in the top six or be a very, very good third-line center. His shot is just off the charts, yeah. unreal. Um, and I think that's why he's kind of not been strong. I think he's been doing well this season, um, but you're starting to see him put the pieces together you know you start to you know people probably don't watch the the average person probably doesn't watch as much blue jacket hockey as i do but you can kind of start to see him stacking scoring chances on top of scoring chances and you know by the law of averages eventually they're going to start going in and i feel like it doesn't feel like a hot take to say that this guy could be a 20 30 goal scorer in this league for you know the next 10 years i think that's that's definitely his best attribute Mm -hmm. is his shot but he has been, he's just been so good on, but away from the park, on the, you know, behind the park. Um, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he makes up for it with, uh, with his hands. Absolutely. Um, now, the main thing that's impressed me with him is just the progression. So in his, in his draft year, his proper draft year in uh, 2019, this is a prospect who had 16 points in 37 games in the MHL in the Junior League. Nothing impressive in the slightest. Um, the next year of the year, he was drafted by the Blue Jackets. 69 points in 56 games, including 27 goals at that level. And then two goals and an assist in three games at the VHL level, um, the second division of Russian pro hockey. So... You know, he was on my radar, but he was far on my radar. I didn't see a very good skater, very good playmaker, any anything defensively at all, especially. Um, but I've learned to be a bit more tentative with, um, you know, lower-end defensive-looking players in the MHL because it's not a league that favors defense at all. It's not a league that sort of teaches that as a concept that's valuable pretty much at all, um, you know, in, in the junior leagues. But, you know, 
he was far, far in my fifth round, I believe. I, I was very, very sort of tentative on him. I saw him as a, like a late round pickup who's maybe worth a flyer, not a first rounder in the slightest. Then the, the year after getting drafted in the KHL, 10 goals, 7 assists for 17 points in 32 games. And immediately makes the jump into the NHL, puts up seven goals, seven assists in 62 games uh, in his first career. And now he's above that um, by a good margin. He's already, uh, you know, four points away from his tally from last year um, in about 50 fewer games. So it's just the progression with them is just it's insane. And it's so rare that you'll see a team, you know, take a chance like this and actually be right. Um but my firm belief is that since he was drafted in the first round, since the the Blue Gash, the Blue Jackets couldn't even wait a couple rounds to pick him up when he was pretty much nobody's radar, it makes me think that maybe there were a couple other teams that had him really high in the rankings. Because I, I, otherwise, I don't understand the risk of picking him that high. But you know, the Blue Jackets were certainly right with this one. So we're going to go ahead and talk about a couple more Blue Jackets prospects right after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information. With live betting, so you can keep up with bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we're back with Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets. Uh, you should follow uh, Locked On Blue Jackets. Uh, they're pretty easy to find on YouTube and Spotify. And Jay's uh, handle is right there if you want to follow him personally. He's got some great insights as well. So I wanted to talk about uh, about the prospect who's currently the Blue, Cat, the Blue Jackets' third-line center um, and who was having sort of a sophomore slump in Cole Sillinger. Now, I was a bit lower on Sillinger in his draft year. I saw a lot of issues with the skating and defensive involvement, his intensity, uh, but his shot's always been a weapon. He's a good playmaker as well. Um, he had a, he was one, he was the only prospect from the 2021 draft to stick around, uh, you know, in that first round to stick around for his NHL team, the full season, uh, put up some great numbers in his, uh, draft plus one year. But this series up to five points in 19 games only, and that's despite playing with Chinnikov, who's got 10 and 18. Um, what's up on that side, and, and what do you want to see from him moving forward? It's so frustrating to to look at Cole Sillinger this season. <laughs> um, I Last season, I think it is so interesting to me because he did all of the things last season that were kind of... All of the things he did last season that were really good were things that he we thought he would have to work on so he didn't really get to demonstrate like like you say his his shot is unreal he's a pretty good playmaker but he needed to work on you know the defensive side of his game especially as a center in in the nhl and all of the prospect guys that i've talked to about his rookie season were like yeah we were amazed by kind of the defensive impact that he had um so he's clearly you know and even working on that side of his game he still managed to put up 30 points or 31 points in in uh 79 games yeah um which is pretty good for a literal 18 year old <laughs> um this season he's been struggling um and i think partially yeah it is a little bit of a sophomore slump um he's playing against different opponents but he also has been um, not sent to the doghouse necessarily, but the Blue Jackets this year are playing a different style of hockey that I don't think complements his game mm -hmm. super well, which is frustrating because 
I think that if you have a player like Corsolinger, then you should be doing what you can to make that player succeed, you know? Um, but for whatever reason, they're playing a, a more physical game. They're playing a, a heavy hitting game and blocking shots. And Corsolinger's not necessarily struggling mm-hmm. through any fault of his own, but I think he's not being put in a position to succeed by the coaching staff. His ice time is all over the place. Like he played nine and a half minutes against a pretty bad Montreal team. Um, and that's, you know, with injuries in the lineup as well. You know, uh, Patrick Laine is is out. Jake Voracek is out. You know, obviously the, the center depth is a little bit different. Those guys are both wingers. But the fact that he's still kind of sitting on, I think his average ice time this season is probably about 13 minutes. Yeah. Like that's, I want, I want him to be getting at least 18 in my opinion Absolutely. Um, and so it's so frustrating to see him come off this really strong rookie season that wasn't flashy and wasn't you know obviously he i don't think he was in any real contention for the calder um which is a shame because i think he had a really good rookie season but you know when you've got guys like travis egress flying around out there and mosider doing things that you know we don't see defensemen do basically ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a tough crowd to to play his rookie season in, um, but he he really impressed me. And you know, and and again, this is something that we talked about a little bit on on Locked on Blue Jackets. It's this is concerning to me in terms of the coaching staff. I'm not worried about how Sillinger is doing. I think he'll be able to figure it out, mm-hmm. but I think we're going through some growing pains right now. Um, which is frustrating for me to watch. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is for him to, again, be playing nine and a half minutes on in a game against a team that is about where they are in the standings. You know, like if, it, if they were playing Tampa Bay and they wanted to sit him for, you know, 51 minutes of the game, then fine. Yeah. But you're playing Montreal, you know, <laughs> with the best, well, like, no offense to the Montreal yeah, No, 100%. None taken. This is... <laughs> If, if there was ever a team, you know, and you look at, you know, the, the teams like um, the Coyotes or the Blackhawks, those are games that, in my opinion, you should be putting Cole Stillinger in and getting him to play heavy minutes, building his confidence up. Because I think that's that's an issue right now is I think his confidence is starting to take a knock. Um, he's still very, very young. You know, we forget that he he's not even 20 yet, I don't believe. Um because he played all year last year, I think a lot of people just, and I'm guilty of this as well, I forget how young he is, but this is a guy that he's not done developing by any stretch of the imagination. He's not finished growing. Um, I don't think he's, his brain's done developing yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, Carl just going to be a good player in this league. 100%. He's going to be a really good player. 100%. Um... Don't let this slump, I think, tri- trick you into thinking that he's not as good as as people are saying that he is. 100%. Uh, moving forward, I, I haven't gotten a chance to look at any David Juracek tape since he's gotten drafted. There's just so much 2023 hockey to be watching. Um, but I, I just wanted your thoughts. He played two NHL games. The rest of his games he played in the AHL. Um, he's been doing pretty good down there. Uh, I just wanted your thoughts on him, what you've seen from him so far, and, and what's impressed you. I, again, I'm a huge, I feel like I've said this for every prospect so far. I'm a huge David Juracek fan. I was so happy when the Blue Jackets drafted him because I was real worried that they were going to lose their minds and take Cutagotier at yep. six. Um, luckily, the the Flyers took that out of our hands um, in just a very Flyers-like pick. I think Cutagotier is a very good player, but 
all of the the things that I've seen from David Juracek make me so excited that we yeah. drafted him. Um, he's yeah, he's been in the NHL. Um, he was a guy that I think could have made the NHL <laughs> at a training camp. I you know that was one of my hot takes of the off season was David Juracek is going to be on the opening night roster, and then the Blue Jackets made some questionable signings of other <laughs> defensemen that we won't talk about um, because this is a, a prospect. Uh, podcast but he's like yeah i say he's been he's been doing well in the ahl um having watched him play against you know in in i didn't watch a ton of the the regular season games that he played like in his draft year but i watched obviously the world juniors um watching him play pro hockey over here i do think that he's maybe not as close to being nhl ready as i thought he was um mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing for me is that his skating needs some real work um, yeah. He really needs to work on his skating, but like we knew that coming in, you know, like he was never drafted as a guy that is a phenomenal skater. But I think when you, um, what 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 really kind of drew my attention to it was during Travis City and the preseason. He basically he was mostly paired with Denton Matejchuk, mm-hmm. uh, the Bluejackets' other first round pick last season, who is a really really solid skater. Um, he's yeah. a really great skater, Denton Matejchuk, and I think that kind of put Yurichek's skating skills into perspective for me. But in terms of how he's doing, uh, he's got eight points in nine games with with the Monsters. Um, got his feet wet in the NHL. Uh, I didn't hate his his NHL debut. Um, he didn't again. He didn't play a ton because he's a rookie, and um, it's it's a weird it's a weird situation to come into because it's basically you know everyone is injured. Do your best. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I thought he he held his own. Um, like I say, I don't think he's quite NHL ready yet, but I'm seeing flashes, and especially when I watch him play for the Monsters, um, which I don't do as often as I would like, because I can only watch so many ho- so much hockey at, at one time. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing flashes of what David Yurichek can be, and um, I'm I'm super super excited for you know two or three years down the line when the Blue Jackets have uh, a top line, a top pairing of. Matejchuk and Yurichek. I think that's going to be real fun. 100%. Um, so this has been it for today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects with Jay Forster. Uh, we're going to be back for next episode and discuss a bit more of the Blue Jackets prospects. Um, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at LO underscore NHL Prospects. You can follow um, us on YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow along to make us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They're a great source for all of your updates on all of your favorite leagues uh make sure to check them out they're a great show as well this has been locked on nhl prospects with patty kalakash and jay forster and we will see you next time